0: Welcome back to another episode of the Flipside Podcast. Um, so, as you know, because you read the title, I'm guessing, uh, this is part two to a conversation uh, me and Katie had about the lessons that we've learned from our 20s. I um, was lucky enough to have Katie fly in specially from Norway for this podcast. Um, so, this is actually the first in person podcast I've ever done um but yeah super grateful um to i've actually spent time with katie we actually like purely met on this podcast um which is kind of cool kind of weird i guess the, the modern world and all that jazz um but yeah feeling super grateful we had a wholesome weekend um and got to record um a genuinely amazing podcast really like i i, I I'm feeling um, a lot of gratitude um, about these conversations and makes me really, um, conversations like this remind me why I do this podcast. Um, I don't think that's the first time I've said that uh, and probably won't be the last. But I hope you enjoy enjoy listening to this um, as much as I enjoyed recording it
1: the whole podcast you talk in an American accent and I talk in (laughs) a British
0: should we try that at the beginning that would be very
1: hard (laughs) I think it'd be easier if I had a script to read off of
0: this is what I'm thinking. Ugh, I'm...
1: Right? Because then you don't really have to think about what you're going to say, just how you're going to pronounce the words.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you
1: sound gay?
0: Maybe I'm gay in America.
1: I have a list. So I've
0: got a list, <laughs> and it's really important to me. <laughs> maybe I'm just think- maybe I'm just like trying to do an impression of you. That is not a, a woman, rather than a camp man.
1: Look at, look at the level of my voice. Do I sound like this? No, I sound like this. Okay, fair
0: enough. <laughs> like a
1: man.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, maybe we should do the accents. Okay, cool. So I felt like we needed to do a part two to the podcast we did previously about Lessons Before 30, because you had... You listed, like, a million things at the end of the podcast, which mm-hmm. we didn't get to go through, and I've still got maybe, like, half of my list to, to go through as well, so I thought there was still a lot of stuff that we needed to to run through, so we'll, we'll do the same format of just bouncing off each other's lists and seeing where it takes us.
1: Especially since you're a week away from 30. yeah. So you need to make sure Fuck. you have all your lessons <laughs> under your belt.
0: <laughs> Shit, yeah. Uh-huh. That is pressure. Um... Okay, who goes first? You go first. No, you go first. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay fuck. Uh, okay. Okay, I'm just going to read down my list in no particular order. One I, one I wrote down, it was, health is fucking important. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: But maybe we should just start there. We just did. But don't read down your list. <laughs> no, 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 there. I'm not going
0: to read down my list. That's what I mean.
1: Okay. No. Yes, I understand. <laughs> health is important.
0: Um... God, I don't even know what I meant when I wrote that.
1: Was health ever not important?
0: Was health ever not important? Um, yes, I think so. I think, like, when you're younger, you don't think about... So, like, when you're a student going out at night and not really caring what you're eating, what you're drinking, like... It's a different... You're in a different world. You're in a different life. A different epoch of your life. Um where like those things aren't that important uh, well for me anyway
1: <clears throat> but do you think that you had like that? <laughs> funny. um did you like the way you looked when you were young so did you ever have to think when you're eating shit food i'm eating shit food and i'm a fat piece of shit so this is terrible or like yeah i know i'm a hot stud and i can get whatever i want so i don't care that i'm eating burgers at three in the morning
0: Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, as a kid, I, I, like, when I was, like, old, like, late teenager, I thought I was getting a bit chubby. <laughs> so I genuinely did. I was, like, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I had, like, serious body issues or anything, mm. but, like, I was genuinely, like, wary of, like, my diet and I wanted to get to the gym and exercise from, like, a really, like, yeah, relatively young age, when I think, when I think back.
1: So then, maybe it Sorry. goes in not in cycles, but health was important for some period of time. Then, do you think you lost it?
0: Um, I think different things become important. So, when I was like a teenager or something, I didn't have the like knowledge or education of like what is good for my diet or mm. what exercise I should be doing or um, so. I think, like, yeah, you go through different stages in life of, like, what's, what's, like, healthy to you, Mm. um, so, like, I I guess, going back to the example of, like, you're a student going out drinking or whatever, um, I was, like, going to the gym, lifting weights, kind of watching what I eat, um, but I would still, like, go out at night and drink a lot, Mm. because, to me, that was like a health. That was like a healthy lifestyle almost. Yeah. Because um, I was like, I was being social. I was going on nights out and enjoying myself. But at the same time, I was like looking after my body or whatever. So it was kind of that was like a balanced lifestyle for me at the time. That wouldn't be a balanced lifestyle for me now because I'm now nearly thirty and mm-hmm. not not as interested in like going out and stuff.
1: Obviously. But looking back, do you think you your body was not functioning well when you were drinking so much? Do you look back and think, oh, I was actually pretty unhealthy? Um
0: someday, I don't know, there was times. There was times when like there was a t- there was a point where I was like, oh, like I've actually like put on a little bit of weight here and like and then I went, I was like, right, I'm gonna do like a two month cut, as you like. Mm-hmm. Um actually that was really interesting. Um but not something I would ever do again necessarily, but yeah, and so I was, like, really strict with my diet and then, like, lost weight and stuff. So, like, I don't know, maybe I went through phases and I think sense, my but... all
1: my questions are coming from the idea of when did this transition really take place? When did you start to see I have to be healthy in a way that I wasn't healthy before? When did that shift really happen? Because from a personal experience, someone <clears> who's <throat> been exercising since I was, like, 12 years old and always being extremely aware of this food is fattening, this food is unhealthy meaning it's processed it has saturated fats it's high in sugar versus things that are healthy I've been so aware of it since I was so young so then going into college I was going to the gym every day and eating salads and all those things I was also partying but to me I still had a very I was very well aware of how important it was to take care of the body but when does that shift occur yeah to, to the way we perceive health now it's a good no. <laughs>
0: it's a good point. I think maybe um maybe it was maybe I don't know I think like I know this is like lessons from your twenties, mm. but I think potentially we both come from a background of thinking that health is important from quite a young age. Mm. Um so I think maybe I would change it to like well being or balance or yeah. um long or, or almost looking to like Longevity, yeah. Rather than like, I totally agree. Um, you know, like, want your body to look good or or, or whatever. So I would include like, you know, like, yeah, like balanced lifestyle, mental health, all that sort of stuff in mm. in that probably, and realizing the importance of that side of things, the whole well-being and like how you genuinely feel, rather than just like, this is what I need to do. I need to go to the gym.
1: I need to eat this. To me, what screams is mental health. Yeah. Because I think that's... Without that, nothing else really matters. If you're forcing yourself to do things that you think are healthy just because you think they're healthy, I think that just damages you in the long run. And just like in the book that we've both been reading, The Lonely Century, Mm -hmm. and they're giving the example of the Jewish community in Israel. They're not Hasidic Jews, but they're old-fashioned Jews that have pretty stereotypically unhealthy diets they don't make a lot of money so they live in poverty they do really hard work but they live longer than many other jews in the country and then it just comes down to when you think we're living a healthy lifestyle because we eat well and exercise without mental health or feeling of security or community or maybe it's nothing so maybe that's where our values kind of shift it's away from the traditional ideas of what health is into holistic things
0: yeah, and I think you you do take a lot of things like for granted. So like, um, like if you're talking about that idea of community, like you you have that generally, or I certainly did, like at school, mm. um, at uni, um, potentially at work. And I think so. A lot of people have are, miss, are now like missing that on the back of the pandemic because you, the the workplace doesn't exist now. The workplace is at home. Um, and so I think there's like a big gap for people to. People aren't as religious anymore. Um, people don't go to the same place at the same time every week. Um, less people go to the yoga class, they do it on Zoom or whatever. And so we're, lo- we're losing the, the element of community. Um, well,
1: maybe you're where you realized how important health becomes when we lose the communities that we take for granted. So we're in our 20s. And we're eating okay and we're exercising and we're partying, which is shit. But we're we go to classes every day with our classmates, and there are social events and their school events, and then suddenly we graduate and it's gone. Now we're working full-time jobs, and we're kind of alone and our friends are moving away. And suddenly we realize, hmm, I don't really have so many friends. Hmm, I'm feeling kind of lonely. Hmm, I'm feeling depressed. And maybe that's when the health shift really happens when we have to start putting energy into maintaining the things that like fill us up as a human.
0: Yeah. I think that also comes down to like ownership and and taking ownership of your own life. Mm. Like when you're part of a school, a university and then maybe a workplace, like it's kind of all sorted for you. Yeah. And so I think yeah, a big part of that is like, whether you're like just like self-employed or working from home or mm-hmm. an entrepreneur or whatever, um, then, yeah, you need to take ownership of, like, okay, fuck, like, I need to mm. go to the, the weekly yoga class and, like, hang around with people that I want to hang around with and, and all that and take ownership of... Um, but it is difficult to recognise what you're missing a lot of the time. Um,
1: That's a great way to put it, take ownership, because I have a friend who I talked to last year, and she was Norwegian, and she... and she's. She knows she's an extrovert because she loves being around people. Um, I think she has used parties and, like, alcohol as a way to distract herself from ever having to deal with anything internally. Yeah. So college was a great experience or university. She's like, oh, I lived with 10 people. We were always partying. There was always something to do. Like, she um, went abroad to Alaska to work with a mushing dog sleds. When she came back and she graduated – And she was single for a long time, and then she moved in to her boyfriend's house in a small town in the middle of nowhere, and she suddenly felt really, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm. Is this what life is? This can't be what life is. I'm unhappy, I'm sad, I don't know where these feelings are coming from, I don't know what to do with them. Some days I feel like there's no purpose in life. And I had a conversation with her like, there's a huge shift that happens when you go from being in that really social environment to being out in the world alone. And when that happened to me after I graduated and I had no friends, and I often tell people this, I had to make the the choice every day. What do I want to do for me? Because there was no one else who was going to say, hey, let's go for a hike. Hey, we should go to the gym. Hey, we should cook this dinner together or do any type of event, I had to choose what I wanted to do for me. So that idea of like what'd you say? Self no taking ownership. Taking ownership. I think it's a huge part of like accepting, educating yourself and maintaining up what a true healthy lifestyle is. Yeah.
0: I think um the to wrap up the point about um just health being important, I think it also comes down from just like As you get older, you become (laughs) more aware of your mortality Um, and just like what truly matters. Do you know what I mean? Like what can I keep doing for the rest of my life? Like Mm -hmm. if it's not something I can keep doing for the rest of my life, then is it something I should be doing like right now?
1: Absolutely. This really famous skier, Caroline Gleisch, I think that's her name. She has skied some of the biggest mountains in the world, just walked across Antarctica and she posts pictures a lot on her Instagram about the way her body looks like I'm a professional athlete and here's my stomach and I don't have a six pack and for many years I would punish myself by doing multiple mountains in a day with a calorie deficit because I felt like I needed to prove a point athletes needed to look a certain way and do a certain thing mm. and I finally realized I want to be climbing mountains and skiing for the rest of my life mm. why am I destroying my body now when I want to be able to do it when I'm 60. And I really took that to heart because I think we're really focused on the present. Like, you know, I'm really into exercise. Like, my back really hurts today, but I have to exercise. I have to go for a run. And I don't often think what is the repercussion of pushing my body beyond its limits 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now.
0: Yeah, I think that comes back to that long-term thinking mm-hmm. that we talked about before. Um, all right. what's What's next on your list?
1: Um, I think that I the first one is self-hate versus self-love. I think uh, girls struggle with body image issues a bit more yeah. than guys. But I think most people can agree that the older they get, the less they really care about the way others perceive the way their body to be looking. And I think it ties in to the health thing that we're talking about. When you think about what's important in the long term you do the things that matter that will bring you sustained happiness or pleasure over life. Not kind of that immediate gratification. You Immediate gratification. Like oh, I'm, my body was totally destroyed, but I did that cross workout because yeah, I'm proud of myself for that. That's immediate gratification instead of saying my body needs the rest. So it heals properly.
0: Mm. What do you mean by self love according to self
1: I I think we spend so much time focusing on the things that we want changed about our bodies, and it's so energy-consuming. Many people with eating disorders, they will exclude themselves from social events or miss out on just life opportunities or experiences because they are so anal about what food is going to be there, will I be able to exercise, or... I don't want to be in a bathing suit in front of other people and going from when you're 20 to when you're 30, it just changes so much. It's I'm so aware of what other people might think of me To I don't really give two shits what they think of me because I know my body performs in a way that I need it to. And that's all that really matters. And I have seen that shift in myself from when I was 20 to now almost 30. It's still a problem. I think especially for people who deal with body dysmorphia or eating disorders. I think it's something that you can never 100% heal from. It's something you have to manage for the rest of your life. But it goes from being a full-blown disorder to, yeah, I know I maybe sometimes I have a problem with food, but I appreciate myself and build myself up instead of just destroying and like, tearing myself down. And someone once said, imagine if you spoke to your friends the way you spoke to yourself. You think, oh, I'd be yeah. a terrible human being, and then I think that's just changed as I've gotten older. I should be kind to my body because it's the only one I have.
0: How? What sort of things have helped you reach the stage of being more compassionate towards yourself compared to like when you're in your early twenties? Do you think that's come? came with age, in terms of that. This the
2: yeah being I more think compassionate?
1: a huge part of it comes with age. Mm. A lot of it is you simply don't have the time or energy to focus on that anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think
1: you end up being surrounded by people who truly love you and want to be around you, whether no matter what you look like. And I think it just kind of changes the way your brain is. You end up having fulfilling relationships. You find new friends. Maybe you're in a career you really like. And you, there's value in so many things that have nothing to do with your body. And I think it just changes the way your brain works. Other things personally, of course, social media makes us more self-conscious. And there's many statistics about what that does. But also, if you can find the right type of social media that shows different body images or shapes or sizes, and that's what I've done, I expose myself instead of mainstream media, which makes me think that thin or fit or hourglass is the way to go just a lot of different types of bodies i think hmm, most of us don't look a certain way most of us don't fit into body beauty standard ideals and it just makes me more comfortable with who i am
3: mm, mm,
1: nice. but i do feel it's very like can you relate to a lot of that as a as a man uh
0: yeah I, um yeah like, no i definitely can um on a i guess a much smaller scale in that, like, um, just taking the example of if uh, if well, if anyone follows guys with six packs or girls, e- even like you, your expectation of women. Mm. If you're a guy and you follow a load of
1: fitness accounts, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah then you're building this expectation of women mm. that you that you meet on the street every day to to look. A certain way, mm. um, and yeah. So I, I always just think of just like you're actually just training your brain. Like when when it's like your information diet is so important, um, mm. and like the yeah the difference that I noticed when you unfollow certain people or whatever. Um, like I think I did go through a phase of following like fitness people on Instagram and stuff. And
1: yeah, like both of us were into CrossFit, right? Yeah. I used to follow so many CrossFit athletes. Yeah, and yeah.
0: Um, and then you just mm-hmm. like, you realise it just makes you feel shit about yourself, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. Um, so for sure, I can relate to it in, in, in that sense. Um, and I think it's just like, that's an issue for anyone that has Instagram.
1: Yeah.
0: <coughs> okay, going down my list. Next one is always be a student Mm. this is I think did I do an article about this I I, I think I told a story in in an article medium when I when I was a restaurant manager my boss said oh uh, so this was like like I'd only been like a a general manager for a few months or something Mm. um so I hadn't got had that much experience in doing the job essentially um and he suggested, oh, go and see so-and-so in the recruitment department um, in the the store that I was working in. Um, she'll kind of teach you the ropes about recruitment, about interview techniques and things right. like that. And obviously, like, looking back, I'm, like, right, I, and, right. If someone gave me that now, or looking back, I, you know, that sounds really interesting, basically. Yeah. And you think, like, well, that would be great for... But my response to that was a response of, like, what the fuck, like, I'm, I'm the manager, I know what I'm doing. And really? I, I was offended, mm-hmm. I was offended that he suggested that I needed work on it.
1: Essentially, you were not competent enough to already know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I saw it as my boss saying, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I realise that now. But at the time, I was like, I don't need that. And, he, you know, he, 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 he pretty much laughed in my face and was just like, go see mm-hmm. her. <laughs> Obviously, I went and saw her, spoke to her. It was really interesting. I learned a few little tips, um, and you know, he said, "Oh, how was that?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was actually really interesting." And he was like, "Oh, funny that." And but it's just such a good example of like how fair enough. That's maybe like you know, that's just my ego taking over mm. in the past. But like now, I would never think like that because I'm so much more aware that that we are always learning. Mm. And I think seeing people, say, the, the boss uh, that I had at the time, um, you know, he's someone that's like in his 60s and he, w- he would constantly be learning. And he would, just, you, know, he, you know, he would ring me up now and, talk and ask me what I'm doing in my business so he can learn because I could tell he's just curious. And so, and, and I'm the same. And I think a lot of us are all the same. And like just embracing the always being a student mindset, Was a big shift Mm. for me from going like, oh, I know everything. Mm. Like, how would I know everything about recruitment if I've had a year's experience of like interviewing a couple of staff? Mm. Like, I don't. And and also, I was just I like thinking about that. There's no such thing as an expert. You know, if you read like an article about someone, they will talk about oh, all these like achievements that they've had, all these like they're a ex-expert, you know, they're a whatever it is, but like they've, they've just got there by doing small little things mm. over time and there's no one that knows everything mm. and like you, people build pe- other people up as like geniuses and like mm. it's not until you meet these people and work with these people you're like they're just normal people yes. obviously um, and so yeah, like you can be a so-called expert in whatever you want to do even though you feel like you're not an expert. Mm-hmm. It's just about going out and doing it and learning it. And you can only be a so-called expert by just starting to learn. And and obviously also just that that you will never learn everything.
1: I'm sure even Stephen Hawking would have said, I don't know jack shit about the universe. Yeah. You know? I don't think I ever felt like I knew everything although my parents would probably disagree with that statement since they like to say that I act like I know know it all but I think it's just because I'm very opinionated and I like to talk about things I'm passionate about but I would definitely agree with you that the older I get the more apparent it is that I feel like I know nothing not that I'm any stupider or less educated but just there's the world is so big And there's so much I don't know about the way the world works. And I'm quite aware of that the older I get. And I think it just really makes me feel really humble. Mm. Like there's so much opportunity for me to explore and discover and learn.
0: Yeah, it's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know.
1: (laughs) The more I age, the more I realize I don't know. Which just fuels me to want to pursue Knowledge,
0: yeah, which is a cool thing.
1: Yeah, but a hard at the same time because I often feel like I don't have time for that, and that's one of the things I miss the most about being a student—being surrounded by people that wanted to talk about engaging subjects or even controversial subjects. But like, we had, we were in a time and a place where we had the freedom to just sit and discuss knowledge like and yeah. share knowledge that was so fun and I think getting older it's so hard to find those settings where you can have the same types of conversations like in a classroom you would all read the same book and then you talk about the book when does that happen as an, as an adult book club yeah <laughs> do you go to book club Not yet, no we'll yeah and then it just ends up being like I think it's so fun if you read a book and you recommend it to me and then I read the book and then we could say, oh, did you like this idea in it? Did you like that idea? What did you think about that? It's really, really fun.
0: Yeah. We just You have to do podcasts instead.
1: <laughs> so it'll be a book book club podcast? Yeah. That would be so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what's next on your list?
1: Another one I had was Be Kind, Even When It's Hard.
0: We had that. We've been through that one.
1: Okay, we're skipping that one. <laughs> Find a good therapist, whether you need therapy or not. Um, not that I found a therapist, but I, I recently tried a little bit of therapy, and this just the the certain time situation I had in my life, I couldn't uphold having a therapist. But the few sessions I had with her, I felt were tremendously helpful. And all the feedback I have from friends who are seeing therapists, and they don't have any huge mental issue. But all of them say, it's incredible to just speak to someone who's a like non-biased third party. And I felt that immediately when I spoke to my therapist and she, her ability to just help me see life from a slightly different perspective something that even you could try talking to friends or your parents or your significant other but it's just not the same and she's I've shared this with a lot of people when I I have a, a lot of anxiety and I kept saying my anxiety my anxiety and she said I've noticed in the past five minutes you've said my anxiety five times it's not your anxiety you need to change the way you speak about things in order to change your perception and I asked what am I supposed to say and she said you should say when I feel anxious and it was something so small something I've never thought of before but language changes the way we see the world so I'm like hmm pretty important and I asked you have you ever gotten any really good tidbits from a therapist and you shared that many people perceive the world or when they get to a certain part in their life they say life didn't turn out the way I wanted to be and the therapist said no, isn't it so much more interesting? And I've probably shared that with 10 people in Norway. Like, my friend told me this. <laughs> isn't that such a great way to look you at it? You even life?
0: mentioned it on the last podcast. Did I? Yeah, yeah, genuinely. Um, but it's, it is such a good point of... Um, I get, so, uh, in, in terms of my experience of um, a therapist, I I think, I think the first one that I ever went to was like an in-person one in Australia, I think. Maybe I had one online before that. Mm. Um, But I think when I went to see a therapist, I think it it was, um, I was actually in quite a relatively good place uh, with my mental health, I felt. Um, But I was like actually like just hearing about therapy. Mm. um, I felt like I I wanted to go. There was a few things that were sort of, um, that I felt like I wanted answers to. Um, And so I, I went along to sort of, try and like just dip my toe in the, the world, in that world almost, mm. um, and I was, that and I immediately thought, like, fuck, like, if I can, if, if, like, if I had the money, I would have, I would speak to a therapist every week, every yeah. two weeks, no matter where my mental health was. Mm. Because a lot of
1: people say you should go to therapy when you're good. That's Not what I mean. That's what, that's what I mean. So then, if something bad happens, you've already have the repertoire and the relationship and everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a year, probably a year previous to that, I think I would have really benefited of, of a course of therapy. Because mm-hmm. admittedly, whenever I've engaged with a therapist, it's just been like a a one off uh, every so often thing, mm-hmm. and I re- and, you know, and they told me this a lot was that, the you know, you meant to do, uh, you know, once a week or to have, like, a course so they can actually, like, um, kind of figure out what's going on with you and, and things. But but I think it's a good, first of all, it's good to, like, it's a big step to go to a therapist and to get over that stigma of, like, oh, if I go to a therapist, that means I'm, like, broken, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, mentally ill, I'm crazy, I'm insane. Yeah. That's not the case at all. Like, it should be an accepted thing. It definitely is, like, especially places in America, um, everyone has a fucking therapist.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you
0: know, people joke about that, but that's great. That should be the Mm. the way it is. There shouldn't be uh, as much shame. I think that's improving, um, especially with like online um, platforms and things. Absolutely. Um, But I think it is a a stage which people might have to go through of like, oh god, like I'm gonna have to see a therapist, or actually a therapist would. When, when realistically, everyone would benefit from seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. I, I think anyway. Although it can be quite a difficult experience for some people, I, I respect.
1: And like you said as well, extremely expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like if I had the money, I would probably have one every month or every few mm-hmm. weeks just to check in and say and say how things are doing. They'll be able to notice things in you that you don't notice, and and yeah, it's just that independent. Um, viewpoint is so different mm. from like if I speak to you, I can speak to you about something, um, you know, a personal issue, whatever it might be. But you will always be my friend yeah. because you, you are my friend, and so you, 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 all, you can't get away from that viewpoint, mm-hmm. and you, you, you will never be neutral. Um, whereas they, they have the ability to to be neutral, and and yeah, there's just little things like like what you like what you just mentioned about life being more interesting than that. Um, and there's so many just like gems that I've heard from a, uh, a physiotherapist, <laughs> not a physiotherapist. Uh, yeah, that the, um, because they they are well like well read on those sorts of subjects.
1: Can you remember like, any other ones?
0: Nah, I can't off the top mm-hmm. of my head. No, um, but just book recommendations, things like that. Yeah. Um, that you know, it, it, like obviously, I enjoy these type of conversations mm. like on a podcast. But like wh- when I've spoken to like a therapist that I feel like it's like a podcast on crap yes because I'm speaking to like someone that's really fucking mm. um absolutely knowledgeable on these sorts of things
1: I agree so I think I think it changed from when I was in my early 20s because I've always been a person that likes having these conversations and I and I perceive myself as being significantly self-aware like I am actively trying to put in the work Be a better human being and understand the way my brain functions and why it reacts. But in my the first half of the 20s, it's I I think I can do it on my own. I think I can handle it. Mm. And then I think in the second half, you realize I I need someone else to give me the tools to better cope with the way I interact in this world. Yeah. Especially as some I see myself as emotional and highly sensitive. So I can't create the tools myself. Yeah. I need to be kind of shown the way. Yeah. So.
0: And 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 also, I think um, you can the, the, without that sort of neutral um, outlet. Like you, you might. It's easy for pe- some people to like overburden partners, friends, mm. and it can put like those people in difficult situations because they're always going to want to help you, mm-hmm. but they might not feel that they can. Um, you know, especially when something, might, someone might be going through something like quite traumatic mm-hmm. um, or they might be having thoughts that like they don't want to admit to their friends or family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like, it's so important to have that neutral place. And like it's, it's a lot, a lot of the time, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I was talk, like I was talking earlier about, um, I just talk to myself on my earphones (laughs) every so often when I'm trying to, when I'm trying to talk through a problem, Mm. like I think that's part of therapy as well. Sometimes like if you, if you have a therapy session more often than not, it'll be like, they'll be, they'll be talking for what, like 1% of the, of the session and you'll be talking for 99% of it.
1: That's true. (laughs) Even though I want it to be the other way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes like if, I guess what I'm saying is if you can't afford a therapist, (laughs)
1: <laughs> just talk out loud to yourself yeah
0: yeah like pe- it's like there's a stigma around that like oh people that talk to themselves are crazy mm. um, but like it, it's not like we all our minds are talking to ourselves all the time
1: but do you but find a difference between an internal dialogue and speaking y- yes, out loud yeah 100% yeah because speaking out loud makes something sound it's, stupid or mm. like uh, no it,
0: it, it almost it, it just like it's like writing something down it, like, you suddenly, you can suddenly, it makes it easier for yourself to be an observer of the information rather than a, like, provider of the information, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I might be talking myself through something or someone might be journaling about something mm. and then you go, oh, you, you, or you might be like, oh, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why am I thinking that? Or... No, of course that's not going to work. Or oh, that's how it. You know, like mm. you just you, you suddenly. It's a little bit like having a conversation with someone. Talking through. Yeah. Talk, talking through with someone, you know, like I often need that when I'm trying to make a decision, and I just I just need to talk to someone about it, um, that maybe knows a little bit about what or can understand what I'm saying,
3: mm.
0: and like sometimes it might be just reaffirming what I'm actually believing. Mm. Um, but you can also do that like in a neutral way and, and there's obviously there's, like, there's no shame in what you're saying because mm-hmm. no one can hear it um, so I think it's yeah, a really useful tool and, and it, it's essentially just like you can do it in any way just like whether it's like a voice journal or, or an, like a written journal um, it's just getting information like processing the information mm-hmm. and being able to like, like observe it in a different way do you have anything more on therapy? no
1: unless we want to say get a therapy dog
0: therapy dog what is a therapy dog
1: dogs are used for lots of things not just disabilities but say you have high anxiety yeah it's a therapy dog a therapy animal
0: but it, oh, got, i wrote, down, it, I, wrote it, down, it, I wrote
1: down like what i learned in my 30s get a dog
0: that's i mean that yeah that is a great lesson
1: <laughs> but some people are probably saying dogs are shit who, like, who is saying that well I wouldn't be friends with those people some people prefer cats we could say get a therapy cat get a cat in your 30s I I think it extends to the importance of doing something that or getting something that shifts the focus away from yourself yeah like getting a dog has of course made me so grateful for the experience of like having a companionship with another living thing that's not a human. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, being someone whose hobbies are really self-centered, like you do what you wanna do when you wanna do it. Now I wanna mountain bike, now I wanna go to the gym, now I'm gonna sit inside and watch a movie, now I'm gonna do yoga. Everything's about you and then suddenly you have a dog and when your hobbies don't align, you have to pick and choose. Am I gonna sit inside and do yoga or am I gonna take my dog on a one hour walk And you have to choose to take your dog on the one-hour walk. And it's definitely a way to prep for having children. But I don't really see it in that way. I just see it as getting a dog helped me see the world from a slightly different perspective. It just kind of changes your priorities and what's important. And uh, in another way, helped me slow down. I don't need to be doing X, Y, and Z every day. Like going for a walk in the forest with my dog, watching them how happy they are to like find a pine cone and play with the pine cone for 20 minutes or swim, swim in the lake. It, the experience is so small and meaningless, but it totally, it fills you up in a way that you don't really get filled up in any other way, if that makes sense. And I am an animal person, so maybe I'm biased, but I would never regret getting an animal 'Cause I think it just yeah, it makes you a better human being.
0: Yeah, I like the mm-hmm. I like the way the the thought of like seeing seeing things through like another mm-hmm. person's eyes, like mm-hmm. fresh eyes. Um like I think yeah, people say that about babies, you know, when they mm-hmm. like see things for the first time or you'd like you like experience it with them. Yes. Because, like, you know, to you like a fucking pine cone and it's a fucking pine cone. <laughs> then if a dog sees it, they're like, Oh my god a pine cone and you're like, Yeah, a pine cone <laughs> It's like going it's like um just going around with you because, like, you're like a tourist here, yeah. And American, and really curious about things, and I'm like, oh, see, that actually is interesting. <laughs> um, and yeah, it reminded me of like uh, in Afterlife, I think it's at the start of the first series when um, he's going to kill himself, and then he needs to feed the dog.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely.
0: And just to confirm, is, is there anything that's different about a therapy dog as a normal dog, or do you just have to get a dog as
1: therapy? I just remember in college, for example, obviously dogs aren't allowed in student housing, but then a girl who had whatever her doctor prescribed her, if she had high-functioning anxiety or maybe she had some trauma, she was allowed to have a dog in the dorm. Therapy dog.
0: I think it's in um, Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections. He tells a story about how, I think it's a farmer in Cambodia, um, has a mental health problem, whether it's depression, I can't remember. Mm. And, um, they, instead of prescribing drugs, they prescribed a cow <laughs> <laughs> and cause it, it provided like meaning, more meaning to mm. his life or potentially connection. Um, so yeah, no, that's super interesting. Fantastic. Um, is it, is it me? It's you.
1: Yeah, good. I think I went two in a row, so you can go two um, in a
0: row. Because my next one, which leads on perfectly, is quality of thoughts equals quality of life.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, that was such a big one for me, which I've only really incorporated over the past few years. Um, and I guess it comes back to what we said about health and just sort of putting more of an emphasis on, I now put more of an emphasis on just the the well-being the the mental clarity the and, that, and that's where it comes like the sort of I don't drink as much anymore um for example because that I feel like that's the, going in the opposite direction mm. in terms of mental clarity for me um but you're literally like your your th- like your thoughts your like environment it's like your little home inside your own head mm. Like that is your life. That is your experience of life. Like I always think of it as like if you have a bad night's sleep, say your mates just like made you sleep on the sofa. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had a bad night's sleep, then like you 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 might see the world, you ex you might experience the world in a less enjoyable way. Mm. You might you just not as a ha- not as happy person. Whereas if you have a good night's sleep, if you eat certain foods or whatever it might be, then like, it's like someone's, it's like putting your glasses on yeah. and you can see everything more clearly or you can taste things properly or mm. you can hear things properly and feel things properly. Um, and so, yeah, I think just, like, just putting an importance of, okay, what's going to make me feel re- like really mentally clear and peaceful tomorrow,
3: mm.
0: just do that today. And I think, yeah, just having an emphasis on, like, yeah, quality of thoughts equals quality of life.
1: I think I used to be way more pessimistic the younger I was, and I would really focus a lot on the negative things in my life, which isn't to say that it's not important to recognize the things that are causing you to be unhappy or causing discomfort or causing anxiety. But if you think negatively all the time, your life will not be happy it won't be good yeah but if you focus on the things you do have or positives or the things that bring you joy while also recognizing that things aren't perfect your quality of life will be so much better and we talked about this yesterday with partners and this bleeds into another one of don't judge people for who you want them to be but who they but accept them for who they are today instead of projecting negative thoughts or ideas on other people if you appreciate them for the way they are today I think your relationships with others are also way better I was saying I the way I often challenged my partner on if he was intellectual enough but when he showed me a way in which he was way more intelligent than I was in a certain aspect of life Mm. it shifted my perspective to understand to just not focus on the negative but yeah
0: you get what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think that comes down to Yeah, acceptance. Mm. Well, yeah, ac- accepting people for who they are and like you like you cannot change people. No. Like I think a lot I think a lot of us go through maybe go through that phase or experience that where a relationship is a good example of where yeah, yeah, you you, you want your partner to be more intelligent, more yeah. outgoing, more this
1: more sporty
0: yeah, yeah but like mm. you can't you can't you cannot change who they are if they want want to change it's like the addiction thing like you can't just tell a, an alcoholic to stop drinking like they've got to want to change themselves mm. um you can maybe give them certain tools um but they are the, their own person and you can never change that and i think um, if I think like, we we sort of touched upon it when we spoke yesterday about like family members. Like, if you so you might be like frustrated, like, oh, I wish my you know my family situation was different. I wish um, my brother or sister cared about this, or my mum or dad did this, cared about this, mm-hmm. was in this scenario. But actually, like, if you just flip it on its head and say, like how grateful I am to have a uh, supporting mum and dad yeah. or, or parents mm. that might be still together or even still alive mm. or how grateful I am to have brothers and sisters yeah. or and just accept that if your dad didn't come to your football um, matches when you were a kid, mm. that... Actually, you know, like maybe he had reasons for that or whatever, just like accept that that's the way it is, and you only get one dad, for example. I'm just making up a scenario, but you only get one dad, so you can be bitter, bitter about it and hate him for the rest of your life, whatever he's done, or you can just accept it, forgive him, and actually live the rest of his life having a great relationship, for example. I think it is, yeah, just about, I'm not saying just let people walk all over you or whatever.
1: Yeah, but if if you're upset, if your parents don't climb mountains, are you going to be, and they're never going to climb mountains, Mm. are you going to be upset for the rest of your life because they don't climb mountains? Are you going to accept that they don't climb mountains and then move on and say, well, they don't climb mountains, but my mom makes a really good homemade meat sauce to go spaghetti. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's uh-huh.
0: like it's like celebrating people's
1: for who they are, like or celebrating
0: yeah. people's differences as well, as in like different to you, like true. It, it, even in friendships, to be fair, like if you're like a really outdoors person, mm. right? So you might not be like best friends with someone who isn't an out, outdoor type, mm. which is fair enough because you just you what that is you. But you could, you could still have a relationship, as in a friend, a form of friendship with someone who isn't outdoorsy, Mm. and you can learn about what, whatever they do, and you could go, I accept that I'm not going to be best friends with this person, but you can still be, have a friendship on a certain level, and appreciate their, they don't, they might not be outdoorsy, but they might have a super interesting job, which like, and you might have a phone call with them every month. Mm. But like that's fine.
3: Yeah.
0: Don't go, why is this person so fucking lazy sitting on their laptop all day and they don't go out like mountain biking mm. like me?
1: Because they're not you. Yeah.
0: And that's Absolutely. fine. So I think it's like celebrating or uh, yeah, accepting people's differences.
1: Which I do feel I have friends for that. I have my yeah. friends that like the outdoors. I have my friends that they're gonna be the one I call, Hey, do you wanna go spend money on a on some amazing food? You wanna go get you yeah. get chunky with me. Yeah. Another friend. I love live music. Let's go watch live music. And I think there are places for people and it filters into the, I didn't write this down, but like we've talked about it before as well. One person can't be your everything, whether it's one friend or one, one partner, the healthiest, I think the happiest people have multiple other relationships in their life that all fill them up on different levels. You're the person where I can talk about emotions. You're the person where I can exercise. You're the person who enjoys food. You like travel. My parents, I can talk about my childhood. My siblings, we can joke about our childhood. My partner gives me romantic and intimacy. I think it's really important to have, to accept that one person doesn't have to give you everything. And I think that's something I've learned a lot the older I've gotten and have become more okay with and that has grown in parallel to being um what's the word not just not independent but essentially independent self um no I can't think of the word but like you recognize you don't need someone one person in your life all the time when you can be fulfilled in so many different ways
0: Mm. This also reminds me of just, like, trying to n- not, not if you don't agree with someone, say, like, politically, mm. then, like, not letting that get in the way of being friends. Oh, that's so hard, though. It is hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is hard. <laughs> um, like, a, or like, a family member is a good example as well. Say if you're one of your parents or a brother or sister, like a family member, a close family member, has vastly different views from you, I think a lot of people are in that scenario. Mm. Then, like that's fine. Like that do, that shouldn't. It's very difficult to do, but that shouldn't get in the way of a potential relationship that you should that you could have. Mm-hmm. It's different necessarily if you don't have any similar values to someone. If your values are totally totally different, maybe that's going to be more difficult. But if someone has a different political view, then then they're entitled to that and you're entitled to your political view um, or your view on life. But then you could still have a civil relationship where they're your dad or, and you're the son or daughter or whatever and you speak to them every week on the phone mm. like you should or whatever and you put the political stuff to the side because mm. what's, what's politics got to do with a father, son, daughter, whatever sure. relationship? Nothing. It's only you getting in the way of Nah, I'm not saying you.
1: No, uh, I feel like I want to call my parents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Okay, next on—is it my? It's me, isn't it? You can do you. Yeah. Oh no, is it you again? No,
1: you do. Oh no, yeah, they,
0: it is you actually.
1: No, just do you. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: it doesn't have to be all. You have
1: it? way more left than I do. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, next on my list is have faith when I put in brackets in something. So, the wh-
1: what do you have faith in right now?
0: Um, I, 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 well, I, I'll, I'll come on to that. I'll, I'll answer that question in a second. I think when people say, in fact, so, so faith, I define faith as believing in something when there is no evidence yet, yet being the key word, or, or maybe the yet doesn't, maybe just believing in something without the evidence. Okay. So, obviously, a good example of faith is a certain religion. Mm-hmm. So you believe in God. You believe that Jesus. The blah 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 blah. You believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not knocking religion. I mm-hmm. think it's a, a really. I mean, like we we came back to go back to that community aspect. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people have lost the community aspect because a lot less people are. Religious now, I know a yeah. hell of a lot of the part of the world, so many different parts of the world are still very religious. But I think, certainly, in like my um, world, you know, I can, I don't know that many people who are deeply religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are maybe looking, like, I always think, like, I, I feel like I'm like trying to form my own religion in my head, just mm-hmm. like, what do I believe in, what do I want to practice? Um, and I guess not to go down the, the tangent, but I, I do, I'm really interested in sort of like, you know, obviously I have a meditation practice or like there's things like journaling or um, gratitude practices. Like mm. these are all things that people have done for like hundreds of years in religion mm. without kind of realizing, without labeling out, labeling them as, you know, like prayer is very similar to gratitude or even meditation. Mm. In, in a, so, um, that kind of fascinates me, but what I think what I, what I'm getting at is like a big thing for me is having faith. So I don't. So for example, I don't necessarily believe in God. I don't know whether I necessarily believe in anything. So whether I'm agnostic or um, atheist, like I'm not. I'm not too sure. But I just think. So I, I guess maybe I guess maybe I am technically agnostic if I'm saying have faith in something, um, but. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything to do with religion. It doesn't have to be anything to do with the universe. It could just be having faith in yourself. Mm. But I just think without belief and hope and faith, like you're not really going to go anywhere.
1: But then what do you have faith in now? As you hit 30, what's the biggest thing that you have faith in? Is it your business? Or is it the idea of a life you see in your head 10 years from now?
0: I think it's just... What, this what this I... is
1: a hard one for me. I'm thinking, what do I have faith in? I'm like, I don't know.
0: Okay, what anyway. I, what, Okay. so my answer, my honest answer to that is myself. Hmm. That sounds a little bit egotistical. No, right? no. <laughs> But I think I like. I was like, "Is there a different way of putting it?" And I don't think there is. I think that's what I feel. I don't. I I, I feel like I trust. But I, I I realize that I have quite a high appetite for risk in business, for example. Mm. Um, and I think, and I, and I kind of think to myself like, "Yeah, I'm confident that I'll be able to sort that out." Mm. So I think my faith is in myself. Some people might see it differently, and. Maybe that they, they might see it as, oh, I, I have faith in the universe, mm-hmm. I have faith in the world that it will repay me for my good morals. Or mm-hmm. so, there's different ways of viewing it, I think. Um, but I think I just look at it as myself because I feel like that gives me, um, it feels like I'm taking ownership and I'm giving myself the responsibility of like, for me, it's not, oh, I have faith in the universe that it will magically. Uh, all my dreams and, and and wishes will magically come true if I just believe. Mm. I'm like, I want to believe in myself that I will do everything to put myself in that position so I can achieve X. Yeah. Do
1: you
0: know what I mean? So I, I don't want to just put all my faith in like the world or something external. Mm-hmm. I want to put it all all like on myself to say you've got to make this happen.
1: So is that really not what I learned in my 20s, have faith, but what I learned is have faith in myself? Maybe,
0: maybe. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things. It's like, it's different for different people. Like I've never, I've never really been, I've never been religious or I've never like seen it as like, oh, the universe. But I I, I like, I don't think I wouldn't criticize anyone that does think like that. Mm. I, I think maybe that's a, another thing. Like I would have I probably thought sort of thought like anyone that's religious, like I'm more an idiot. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um whereas now I'm a bit more appreciative of it, like. Um it's not that I didn't respect other people's faiths and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I think I now understand the importance of it in life.
1: Of believing in something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so and like and I'm saying like it doesn't have to be a religion. Mm-hmm. Um and you, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean you have to have like religious practices or um or any kind of like gratitude meditation, it doesn't mean you have to do anything like that. Mm. But it's so and obviously people might call it spirituality, um and it's different labels for it, but I think that just that's just maybe how I view things right now. And that might change, that might develop. Um but I feel like that's how I view view things. Um, at the minute and another thing is what I what I think back to is um, it's that classic question that people get asked or ask like what would you tell your younger self and everyone's response is it's all going to be okay mm-hmm. like there's nothing to worry about um, and I think like that's like reassuring you just like not that it won't be difficult to get there wherever there is mm-hmm. for you but that just have faith, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have faith, in the process whatever you level, yeah, 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 you got have faith in the process, and yeah, just have faith in whatever you wherever you want to have faith in mm-hmm. that you're gonna be able to get out of a situation you're in or you know
1: mm-hmm. I agree,
0: good, <laughs> what's next,
1: <laughs> um I wrote sometimes not making a choice or decision is an actual decision. And I learned this a lot through, well, it could be many things. I stayed in a job that was really toxic. And even though I knew it probably would be better for me to leave that job, I chose to stay. And the, or I, but I couldn't make up my mind should I leave or should I not leave? I kinda need the job, but could I find a different job? And not making a choice, really, just kind of floating in the weird in-between is in itself a choice. It also relates a lot to relationships. It was the past relationship I was in, I kept going back and forth thinking, well, I'm not happy in this relationship, but do I want to leave? And I couldn't make a decision on what was best for me, but not making a decision yet was the decision. And sometimes it's important, like only you can make the choice when it's right for you to leave. So even if you're having the same conversations with your friends over and over, I'm so unhappy in my relationship. My boyfriend doesn't listen to me. He doesn't make me feel loved, whatever. Like my job is miserable. My boss is a psychopath. I hate going to work every day. And you feel like a broken record on repeat. You might not be ready to leave that situation. And that's okay. Time I think plays a huge part in so many of our decisions, and for me, in my 20s, it kind of ties into what you said, just everything has a process, and not making a decision is often a part of the process. Seeing how things play out, who, what new people you meet, what opportunities happen, maybe like a breakthrough happens, a perspective changes, uh, you get time away, just anything. So for me, that's been a, a bit of a learning experience. You don't always have to make a choice.
0: Yeah, I think um, it makes me think of like one thing that like Stephen Bartlett talks about a lot is um, like the art of quitting, and there's no shame in quitting. Mm-hmm. Quitting is a skill, and um, that's whether that's a job, a relationship, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like a a bit a business conversation about this where they said we looked at where we would be in a year if we didn't change anything and I think that's just that's that's always the best is best the best way of looking at it like Mm -hmm. look like where are you going to be in a year's time in two years time in five years time ten years time whatever it might be if you don't make any changes well if you're in a shit situation then you're probably going to be in the same shit situation Mm -hmm or an even worse situation like if you hate your job and you want and you think mm, what should I do do I want to leave if I hate my job do I want to leave well, wh- where would I be in a year's time if I stay there we're well, still in the fucking job that you hate mm. and like I do know a hell of a lot of people or I think maybe we all have had that friend that is exactly what you said, the the saying like, complaining like, I hate my boss or I hate my
1: partner, partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: and it's kind of like, you're on the other end of the phone or the other end of the conversation, it's sort of like, right, so, so when are you going to quit? Mm. When are you going to, you know, when are you going to do something about it? Um, I think what I always tell people is, I always say to them, well, like, it's not about making a decision you've already made the decision. Mm -hmm. You just don't realize it yet. Yeah. Like it's about realizing that you have to actually take the action. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like if it's, I hate my job, I hate my job. It's like, well, you've already made the decision that you want to leave your job. Yeah. You're telling me that you want to leave your job, but you just need to like,
1: have the conversation with your boss. Have a conversation with your boss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: But, but I think the one year thing, it, it doesn't always work because if, You could say, oh, if I hate my job, where am I going to be in one year in the same shitty job? But what if in that year, your boss leaves and someone new comes in and it changes it, right? And I think for a long time, I was – so many things didn't feel good being in Norway. So I often thought, do I want to be in Norway anymore? And that's when my host mom said to me, it's okay if you come to the realization that the dream you once had – no longer is your dream today or that dream no longer serves you it doesn't mean you failed it just means your needs and your priorities have changed and there's nothing wrong with that and I thought about that over and over again have my dreams changed is what I want out of life has changed do I want to go home but I didn't want to make a decision it's not I guess well I was in Norway so yeah you could say that was a decision but I was just like I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know what I'm gonna do and I waited it out and now I'm so happy that I didn't make some type of rash decision like I'm not happy so I'm gonna go home because now everything feels like it's changed and now I'm really happy so just that period of being like I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know I don't know that served me in a really good way. Mm. So maybe the bigger picture is not rushing through things, Mm. like sitting with uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, I'm not happy, but am I unhappy because of me? Am I unhappy because of my partner? Am I unhappy because of my boss? Am I unhappy because of something else? And just sitting with it and thinking about it, maybe that's the important thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a hell of a difference between... um, it's it's like what we talked what, what i said before about like having the the, pa- the pair of glasses on and seeing things clearly yeah like if you if you're in a bad say if say if you're in a bad place with your mental health say then it's having the awareness to realize that that that, that is where the problems coming from mm-hmm. and it is very easy to like it's a natural instinct to blame other people yeah for anything like COVID hits, oh, it's the Chinese. Yeah. We just need to blame someone. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. the government. Mm -hmm. Like you instantly just have to like, put like a, a, the blame on someone. Mm -hmm. Where, whereas, you know, it might might actually just be your situation yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a difficult one because obviously there's no, like everyone's different. It's, there's not like a set thing of like, if you feel this, then you must leave your job. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, you're right. Your boss might leave. Like things might just work out things might work themselves out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I forget who it is, just um, there was, like, an American president or something that, um, or so so the story goes, or whatever, who would um, only read his post, like, two weeks later, because generally, within that two weeks, like, all all the problems that he'd been sent would have been solved anyway. Mm. Um, But, like, if. It's a delicate balance of taking ownership of your own life mm. and believing in the universe. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, what, that's, what I, that's, the, that's the danger that I see. With, <laughs> I don't have to
1: laugh about that. Like, huh? I do believe in the universe. Yeah, yeah
0: that's fine. I don't judge people that do think that way. Mm. I just, I'm scared of thinking that way because that gives, that, that releases ownership and responsibility mm. from myself.
1: I think it's both. You know, we have ownership, but there's also some things that are just out of our control.
0: Oh no, no, no! Mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that you can't control everything. Um, but you, yeah, I don't know. You just don't want any. You don't want any re- regrets, and I think um, just always try and be. I think, I think what I think about is that like the. A lot of the time, not making the decision is the easy decision,
3: mm.
0: but it's that doesn't mean it's the right one. Doesn't mean it's the wrong one, mm. but doesn't mean it's the right one. Um, because quitting the job, mm. whatever, or like breaking up with a partner, like, or having a conversation with a partner, or having a conversation with your boss, whatever it might be, like that is that is the hard bit. Mm. And more often than not, the hard things. Are what you you get rewarded for? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're difficult for a reason. Not many people do them for a reason, so that's probably on the whole where the mm-hmm. reward's gonna sit.
1: What do you think about this? My one of my professors in college, he wrote a PhD paper on coincidences in life, but his thesis was that coincidences happen to us all the time, and in a way, um you can't call me on this, like, the universe is giving us a sign, but those things don't matter unless we are aware of the things happening around us. If, like, many coincidences happen, but unless we recognize, like, oh, it's funny that this is the third day in a row that I've seen that guy walk down the street, just as an example. And I think that's, to me, I thought it was so cool because it was a combination of both you having to have some autonomy in your life to be able to recognize like the the patterns in your life and what's happening, but at the same time that the universe, whatever you want to call it, is putting something in your direction. Mm. There are things that are happening that could lead to something, but you're the one that ultimately has to decide if it's going to lead somewhere great. And I thought it was super cool.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of like... um... People say like, oh I'm like, oh I'll make my own luck. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. um I think I really yeah, I think I believe in that side of Make stuff, my
1: that, own luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. But no, it, it is super interesting. Um what's next on
1: your list? Is it you or me? It's you. Oh, is it me again? I don't really have many more. Okay. Because they kinda of intertwine with other things you've said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
0: I've got everyone has a bad day
1: that's absolutely true
0: um i don't know where i was coming from with that but like it makes sense yeah. <laughs> um yeah everyone has a bad day i think where i think where, when i wrote that what i was thinking was that like i was thinking about myself as in like being um compassionate towards yourself mm-hmm. and going like Having a bad day, you know what I mean. If you haven't slept well or something, um, then just not beating yourself up about you know not being on the ball or something, um, yeah. and just going, right, I'm like, I'm having a bad day," or things might happen to you from the universe, um, and just going, "Okay, like, they just write off and say, like, I'm having a bad day today, and that's fine."
1: Or if your partner's having a bad day. Yeah. The recognition of that people have bad days. This isn't about me. Yeah. It's nothing to do with me. It's them having a bad day. I think that perspective changes the way you interact with people and yourself.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Um, because it, the, I guess the next one I've got is be present. Like, mm. I mean, you know, biggest cliche in the world. But man, it's fucking true. Mm. Um and I think that I feel like that is like ultimate life goal for us all. Mm-hmm. Um especially with you know like our phones and we're just glued to our phones and mm-hmm. constantly just looking at other things mm-hmm. elsewhere um and not just being in I mean like that's the great thing about like a podcast, for example, because yes. we're engaging with each other and just having one single focus. Mm. And, like, it's, it's just, like, it scares me of, like, who, of, like, the people we be, were becoming, like, the whole you, you spend your t- I mean, uh, was it, um, the Game, not Game Changers, which is the, what was the Netflix series with? Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. Yeah. And one of the guys on there was saying how he was, like, trying to, um... Spend time with his like young daughter, yeah, and like could, just couldn't help himself, like even, like sending his emails, mm. and it's just like, fuck, like you, no one wants to be that person, mm. and how annoying is it when? Um, best example I can think of of this because I'm trying to not to always talk about te- technology. If you're, I think I've said this on the podcast before, and I'm not criticizing people, but. If you try and have a conversation like we are now, mm. if if right, okay, good good example. Right? If your dog was in this room right now,
1: mm.
0: the conversation we would have be having would be wouldn't be. You wouldn't be as focused,
1: unless they were sleeping quietly in the corner. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then you might forget that they're there, mm. but because that dog is clearly something that's very important to you. Mm. You can't help but be distracted yeah. and think, oh, like, oh, what's he doing there? Like, mm. like, is same with with a child. Mm. Like, if you if you go, if you you're trying to converse with someone mm. and their their young child is there, and they they know that they're responsible for them. Like, you know, they, like, they're not just going to let them like wander off or, or, yeah, yeah. or like let something happen great, to them.
1: It's a great example because I often go for walks with my friends with my dog, and yeah. my dog is off leash. So as present and focused I, as I want to be on the person, I constantly need to be aware of what my dog is doing and we could be talking about something great and I have to say, hold on a second, Juno, come here, Juno, come here, sorry, she's not listening, Juno, snacks or like heal or like, oh, I have to work training, she's not listening or like, oh, there's a dog coming, I have to put it on the leash. And I'm so aware of how many times the conversation gets broken because I need to take care of my dog. Yeah. And on the one hand, I'm like, well, they have to, they have to understand there's, I'm juggling many things and I have my attention needs to leave, but I feel so bad about it because I don't really have an option. Yeah. We can go for a walk and my dog sits at home alone. I'd have to kind of kill two birds with one stone, but I'm so painfully aware of it and I feel so bad about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I brought it up because I think it's a good example of like, I can give the example of, like, someone that's always on their phone. Mm. But, like, that's never... That's Alexa piling (laughs) me up. Um, It's never, like, a good thing to be on your phone. Mm. But, like, obviously, the love that you have for your dog or child is an amazing thing. Mm. But it's an example of how you can only... You can only do one thing at a time. Mm. Like, literally, you can only do one thing at a time. And you can only, like, to have, like, any, like, depth of conversation, you have to be, like... Really present. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but it might take... For some people, it might take 10 minutes of conversation. It might take 20 minutes of conversation to get to, like, that depth and that honesty and vulnerability or whatever. Or you could just put it, you know, say, like, if you're working, if you're trying to get something done... You want to be in that deep work mode. It might take you twenty minutes to actually get yeah. in, get your brain into gear, and you might and to start yeah. like typing and writing or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then if you distract yourself, there's all sorts of statistics about like you know like if you distract yourself, you know like for, for like one minute, then it takes you know five okay, minutes to yeah. get back into the whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, just it obviously just become comes down to not looking in the past and not looking in the future Uh, too much and just embracing what you have now it is such a cliche but like
1: but I also think it's about being intentional too if we're having a conversation and the person picking me up at the airport sends me a message hey I really need to know what time your flight is now before I leave the house it's important to say give me two minutes I need to take this I want to give you all my attention but I need to do this thing and not being like, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, what did what did you say? Sorry, I missed that yeah. because I just think the ability to recognize my attention is going to leave you for a few minutes. I don't mean it. I understand I should be focused. I just need to do this thing. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't do that yeah. but the people who do do it, I'm like, oh, thank you. That was it really ma- nice. It
0: makes a massive difference. Sorry, okay. I'm just I'm just going to tend to my child and then we will get back to the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than just absolutely ignoring this person mm. and just I realised the, the child thing is difficult because mm. but no yeah you're right that is a good point there is ways of going about it and we're all going to be in that situation where y- you're not 100% present yeah um but yeah I, I think that's so that's kind of like attention I uh, remember touching on but I guess I wrote that thinking like don't live in the past don't live in the future mm. um I think, like I've probably spoken about it before, like I naturally don't think about the past. Mm. Um, for for whatever reason, I don't know why. I'm just maybe I'm hardwired like that. Um, but I do think about the future a lot, mm. um, and I'm very aware of like if um, if you think about a goal that you want to achieve, for example, um, if you, especially if you talk about it to other people, that that gives you the it like releases the chemicals in your brain. Um, I, 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 I've learned this, but I've very much felt this that like you, you still get the chemicals released in your brain as if you've actually achieved the goal, mm. but you haven't fucking achieved it yet. And so, so I found mm. that if I really want, so you know, it's like um, I want to open up the storefront for my business. Mm. And I would talk to people about what I'm going to do, where where it's going to be, and then it doesn't work out. And I'm like, heartbroken yeah. that, it, that this hasn't worked out. And it's like, but, but it never, like, it was just all a story in your head that you yeah. told yourself. Yes, there's real things that were potentially going to happen, and everyone had good intentions and all that.
1: You're describing why relationships are painful when they end. It's exactly the same thing.
0: It is exactly the same thing. (laughs)
1: The vision you had of you two there in the future is no longer possible, and that's what's so devastating, even though it was never going to happen to begin with because it was based on false premises. If the relationship was so bad now that you ended it, you were never going to reach that idyllic point.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that is, yeah, that's the way I have... Realise that I need to improve Mm. in terms of like I like I just fucking bounce right into the future and build this fucking world for myself
2: Mm.
3: and
0: go like yeah this is sick and then I'm then and then when it if it doesn't work out it's suddenly like fuck like my life that I built for myself which never actually actually existed Mm. has been taken away and it's just like how how crazy is that when you think about it like. You just actually built this fake world in your head.
1: Yes. Which got
0: taken away. And then that that process is really painful. Mm. Because you didn't get to... And it sounds so like... It makes you feel so spoiled. And mm. like, but it's... And I know obviously some people think about the past as well. So I, I haven't experienced that. So I'm not hardwired like that. Um, so... yeah, Which I actually feel lucky for. That like I don't... I, for some reason I don't like looking... I mean, I'm looking at a picture of my family now, but I re- very rarely like have any pictures like of the past.
2: Mm.
0: Like I wouldn't put a, um, a a picture on the wall from that I've that I've taken on on a holiday or something because I might go. Oh. It, it's a little bit like um, we were talking about on on Instagram. You you look at something and you're like, oh, I wish I was looked at like that. I wish I was on that holiday or something. I think I, in my experience, I so I can look at something and go like. Oh, I remember when I, was just free in New Zealand, like driving around, like ah, oh, that was such a, that was such a better, happier time for me. Now, now I'm, you know, fucking peeling potatoes at work, and it's just like, really, I don't believe any of that. Like I know that that's stupid. That's those thoughts are ridiculous. But I think in the past I have felt those thoughts, so that's why I, I like shut away the past mm. a little, a little bit. I think in quite a healthy way. I, I feel like I'm quite lucky that I think mm. like that. I'm not right. like. Oh I like reject my past experiences, mm. or I, I enjoy talking about like funny things that happened or or even hard times or challenges, mm. and I acknowledge them, but I think like there's you can learn from something and then you move on and there's not really much point in dwelling on it dwelling on it, it it's kind of like it's almost like you you can do it, you can do it the same same way like build up this like life you used to have mm. for example and and you yearn that life or that person or that mm. job, like, oh God, I used to have such a good life when, mm. when actually like the own, like, um, you always say if you're like looking forward to a holiday, you not know, you're looking forward or back, you like, you think, oh, this holiday is going to be the most amazing holiday ever. Mm. And then like it, Chris Williamson gives this example of where you think about the holiday, you've picked out the fucking cocktail from the, the menu, you of the, the place that you stay in, the bar that you want to go to, you, you've you picked where you want to sit, you've, like, just had this, um, you, you just have this clear picture in your head, and then when you get there, you've got, like, sand between your toes, it's a little bit itchy, and then, like, the cocktail that you got, like, is it, like, it's, the, it's a little, little bit sweeter than what you imagined, and, like, nothing's ever fucking perfect, is yeah. it? Like, we're sitting here now, and i trying to think of what might be wrong with it, but, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... The only thing you have is, like, right now.
1: Yeah. But I I agree. I disagree in the way that you say that you don't like looking back at the past. Yeah. I see what you mean, but I would phrase it, like, I don't live with regret, which I feel quite lucky. I can look back and say, well, I had to make a choice, and I made a choice. Maybe I could have made a better choice. But I am here today because of the choices I made. And to me, that's so black and white, mm. which is strange because I see things in black and white so rarely. I'm always that gray, like, well, maybe an emotion, and I don't know. What about this? Mm. But I, my brain is like, don't waste energy thinking about what could have been. You made a decision. But I enjoy looking backwards. Wow, that, I can't believe I was in that amazing place in the world. Or when I tell you about the people I've met that was such an incredible exchange with a person. I love that. Like, those things kind of keep me fueled in a way. They inspire me to keep pushing for those types of experiences.
0: No, I'm exactly the same.
1: Like, if you had a picture of New Zealand on your wall, you could be like, wow, one day when I'm a rich-ass businessman, I'm going to take another one-month trip to New Zealand. No,
0: because that, <laughs> that is being the opposite of being present. That is living in the future.
1: But you said you look to the future a lot.
0: But I don't think it's healthy. I don't think looking in the past or in the future is healthy. Being present is what's healthy.
1: But I do think looking back and forward is healthy.
0: Yes, I agree to a certain extent. I agree. I, I'm exactly the same in what you just said. I, I look back and go like, wow, oh, that was so cool that I did that. Mm-hmm. Or I achieved that. That's great. But it's about just going like, you know, it's like I'll, t- I'll talk about something, I'll, an experience, and I'll tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. But I don't want to live that again. I don't want to be there again. I want mm. to be here telling you about it. Mm. That is my present. I don't want my present to... I, I don't want myself to be in that past. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I want it to be me telling someone else about that past or me thinking about that past. Yeah, absolutely. There's a difference between that.
1: What, what about it? the forward? You're like, oh, that means you're living the future, not the present. But, like, you need goals... Yeah. based in the future to drive you in the present yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, was in my, I would say that I don't like to talk about my future with other people because that builds up a future for me. Mm-hmm. I, because I'm very future-orientated, I need to dial that bit down I see. for me. Like I said, there's probably people that are the opposite.
1: Yeah, I'm very present-oriented.
0: Well, that's a good thing.
1: In some regards, but, like, you have to be future-oriented, too, when you talk about money or savings. Well, like, yes, yeah. When we talked about career the other day, and I was like, I don't know, I don't see myself having a career, career is not important. So, I, I'm not future-oriented. It's still, like, day by day, which I think has its own set of problems.
0: Yeah. I think, like, everything, it's a constant balance and a constant yeah. scale that you've got to, like, whiz around on mm. and see where it's best for you. Um. But I think ultimately, like, the ultimate goal for everyone is always just going to be being 100% present. Mm. When I think, like, a podcast is a good example of where you're kind of forcing yourself to be 100% present. Like, Mm. zero distractions, zero, oh, what I I want to achieve. You know, Mm. I'm not thinking, oh, like, which video clip are we going to put on the Instagram for this? Mm. Or, like, how many views do you think we're going to get? Like, I'm not thinking about that. Maybe I am now, I've said it. But I'm not thinking about that because I'm thinking about what I want to say next.
1: But I have thought about it before when we have these conversations. Like, hmm, how many how many times a week in my life am I sitting down with nothing else except me and a human being talking about a subject? How often does it happen anymore? Hmm. Not so often. <laughs> but I think
0: that's the mm. great thing about like people that just like they'll like do you want to just meet for a drink? Do you want us to just meet for a coffee? Yeah, like these are like rituals that people do, mm. which obviously maybe people have have done less over the past few years. Like that's where they're so important. I need to get better at that. Yeah, I think well, I do as well.
1: This is why we have to do a looking forward one. Like, how do I want to be in my thirties? Yes, we will. <laughs>
0: that is the next podcast. Um, all right. Next on my list, getting through them is. Don't take life, thoughts, emotions
1: too seriously. Some people say to never trust your emotions.
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, but I think it comes from um, I'm trying to look at my bookcase and find the book that it is actually from. The The Happiness Trap. I can't find it. But the it, it comes. I learnt this from reading The Happiness Trap, basically just being the observer of your thoughts yeah, found it, yeah, okay, thank you put it down stop being be more present <laughs> um, and like the, they give the example of um, or he gives the example, sorry of uh, y- if you, you have a thought, emotion or whatever like, say it back like with a funny accent or something <laughs> and then you start like laughing mm. at the thought and then you're like Oh, like it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. It's not real, and I was like, "Fuck!" And that just really helps. Um, let to let you you become the observer of your thoughts rather than um, letting the thought or emotion like hijack your self. It co- it comes back a little bit to how you said that. Like I am anxious, mm-hmm. like, so it's like letting it take over you as a person, mm-hmm. whereas that actually you like you you should be saying like I am experiencing anxiety mm-hmm. um, how many more have I got
1: a lot <laughs> like, <laughs> I can see that you're like looking at the list going <laughs> there's like I feel like there's an infinite number of lessons we've learned in our 20s because yeah. your 20s is when you you kind of like change from a child to an adult and, you're, and yeah. the way you interact and perceive the world just undergoes a vast shift that's why it feels so tremendous.
0: Great word. <laughs> <laughs> Love that word. Um, I don't know what else to go. Let's... Is there
1: one more you want? To really, you really like?
0: Yes. So I've got progress over perfection on there. I think I've done that one to death. So let's go with life. Um, no. Being vulnerable is a strength. That's a nice one. Yeah, I think that's a nice one. Um, As a
1: man, I think that's, uh, falls a little bit harder on you. Yeah. Women tend to already be a little bit more... Yeah. ...open about their feelings and when they're sad and cry and be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And I think, for me, it comes back, probably back to the ego thing... You know, like, I look back and say, like, oh, no, like, I am, I know everything, but and not having that egotistical view of yourself and realising that, yeah, you can show weakness. Say, like, as a leader, you can show weakness. A lot of people will still still say you can't show all your weaknesses um, as a leader, for example, or um, there's always a level of like vulnerability which I, can, I kind of agree with mm-hmm. um, you could liken it to what we said about the, you might not say every single thing in terms of being totally vulnerable to your friend but you might say it to a therapist because mm-hmm. they're not going to hold it against you or something um, but I think any kind of, any proper Bond that I've experienced with someone connection trust whatever it might be always comes from a place of vulnerability absolutely um I can't think of any like exceptions of that as soon as you sort of if someone like show like opens up to you or like opens up the door to a slight weakness and says like oh I'm I'm learning about this. I'm so just being a learner. Mm. Shows that you're giving, showing vulnerability. Like the, the always be a student one. That's showing that's showing a little bit of vulnerability. Saying I don't know. Mm. I don't know about this. So I'm gonna go and read about it. Just that is is showing a little bit of vulnerability.
1: Vulnerability and trust must be hardwired into our brain from way 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 long ago. Yeah. Because if Someone you're getting to know is showing you the weak sides of them. Weakness is a way for you to possibly hurt them.
2: Mm, That's what yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: So feeling like this person trusts me enough to give me potential ammo to hurt them in the future, but they know that I won't hurt them. It has to be hardwired hard, to way back when, when we were way more tribal and feuding and murdering. Because if I meet someone who has their walls up who I'm like, ooh, they seem on edge, they seem defensive, they never let me in. Why am I going to let them into my world? It naturally creates a barrier, but as soon as someone lets down the wall, you're like, oh, okay, safe yeah. space. I can be vulnerable.
0: Mm. You know? Well, I think that is a great place to end things on. <laughs>
2: um,
0: because I think our tired brains have had enough.
3: Mm. <laughs> Exactly, so you know,